Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram Podcast with your host, Certified Enneagram Coach Milton Stewart. Well, we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve ourselves and the and those around us in our community. So for this episode, I didn't have a chance to actually get the um, Enneagram 1 episode out um, for this week because I didn't have time to edit it. Uh, simply because I was at the International um, Enneagram Conference that was held in Oakland this year. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Um, it moved and um, definitely challenged um, and helped me a whole bunch. Uh, so I want to give a snippet about that because I think it's super important um, for me to talk about it in terms of Enneagram for where it's going with this podcast and where the Enneagram is planning to go as a community in general. Um and so it was really cool because they had um, Chris Hewitt speak, the author of The Sacred Enneagram. Um, and he spoke about um, the future of the Enneagram. Where is it going? And he challenged all of us uh, to not only be more curious about the Enneagram and where it's going, but also how can we make sure that we are um, in unity and unison about when we're moving forward and not um, and not be divisive. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Be divisive about um, the Enneagram, because when you get to the higher schools of the Enneagram and the different ones, it unfortunately can become um, divisive and for different reasons in different ways. And it's because we're human. Uh, one of the best things I think was really cool was being able to see some of the Enneagram um, giants, uh, the people who are Enneagram legends who have helped develop it and spread it like wildfire um, so that like people like me and you are able to get it uh, and able to use this tool to really help us in our lives. And so being able to see them was absolutely amazing and take pictures with them from Helen Palmer to uh, Russ to um, uh, who else is that? Oh, my goodness. Um, Jessica Dibbs and many, many, many more. Um, that I cannot even name right now because I'm so tired and really sleepy. Um, but it was also interesting to see them, um, because even though like a lot of times we hold these people in high esteem, um, it was humbling as well in a sense to see them, um, as human, see their human nature and see just the real, like that they're real people. And even though they have worked in the Enneagram so much and they're great teachers, they are still human and they still have flaws like we do. And they're still working to get um, to get into grow and be better with their own lives. So I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, and so I was I was super blessed to be able to um, experience that um, one thing, one key takeaway that I want you to know um, that I want to get into more and that I want you to get into and start looking into is, but it's somatic work. Uh, one of the biggest things I took away from it is that, um, the Enneagram, a lot of times we intellectualize it and it's all in our head. And for some of us, it's meme culture and it's fun and everything. Um, but a lot of times we, we intellectualize it. So we like get it kind of in our heads and we think we understand that way, but to really, feel more of the effects of the Enneagram, we have to do somatic work. And that's within the body because a lot of not only um, pain, trauma, uh, past experiences are in the body. Our repressed centers are in the body. Um, a lot of times, even our emotions in our head and everything, because our body is telling us stuff. And when we get older, we start to numb out to a lot of it and we don't pay it much attention. And so we miss out on a lot of the signals it's telling us. Uh, and we go about life in like a one third or two thirds of a person 
um, interacting with people in life because we've become so used to it. Um, but doing the somatic work, uh, it touched me there, uh, like really deep. Uh, we did some different type of breathing things that, um, um, Helen and, um, I think it's Mora, they did some amazing somatic things about, it was really breathing because it was recognizing what goes on in the body when something, um, is triggering is happening. And it's realizing that there is a resistance and a tightness, um, in the body, inside the body that a lot of times we don't even realize is happening, which is causing us to respond, not respond, react the way that we do. And so they talked about being um, receptive into things going around you and not being so reactive all the time and then figuring out internally what is going on inside of me that is making me react like this. And so it really helped me because I found some different places inside of like inside of me that were like tight for me, especially like my lower gut that was really tight and just kind of felt a little wonky. Um, but I was able to through the exercise she was giving us, um, uh, which was, um, in and down, breathing in and down, um, and constantly focus on different things, able to kind of loosen that up. And so that I'm not holding that restraint and that uh, restriction so much within me so I can actually make a better choice. So the freedom is actually having the ability to make any choice you want. And a lot of times we don't have that because of not not only are we not aware of the unconscious decisions we constantly make, but the ego structure is so strong within us that it's just making us compulsively do this one or two things. And that's kind of similar to getting so stuck to our type. Uh, one of the things about the growth is when you figure out your type, it's like, okay, I figured out my type. And so now as you do the discovery of your type and you really start to delve deep into like, what are the things your ego is compulsively making you do? Now it's time to figure out how in the world do I adopt all of the other types into my life so that I can interact in the world in the way that I am free to make a choice and not that I am compelled by my ego to make those choices because you're not. You're really controlled by them. And it's tricky because it's been your whole life and you've probably built your life based on that ego structure, um, which will never get you what you truly need to be content, peaceful, um, joyous and all those things that you really need. Um, you realize that you're actually in more pain than you realize. And it's crazy to not even recognize it sometimes. So it was really, really cool. Um, besides that, that exercise took a whole, took me to a whole different route because let me tell you about this incident. Like after I did the Helen Palmer thing, um, and more thing, like it was really good to like leave there. And, um, we went and ate with a, a group, good group of friends, um, uh, the pop group, basically it was a people of color. And so the, the Enneagram, um, the international Enneagram association is working on being more diverse and inclusive. Um, and they're serious about it. There's, they're just some things they don't know what to do. And so they ask for feedback and help, which is absolutely amazing. I think this year from what they said is probably the most diverse year. Um, and, it's still got a long way to go. Definitely. If you were there, but, um, there were a, a good representation of marginalized, a decent, some representation of marginalized groups, um, there. And, um, they did their best to, to try to make and make sure that everyone felt included in everything that they were doing. But anyway, going back to after I went out this session with Helen Palmer, 
Um, and I was feeling really good because internally I was feeling light. I was feeling free, not heavy or not, um, anxious. I was like, oh man, this is, this is really good. Like I'm super calm. Like this is cool. Um, and this situation came up where I'm sitting down eating and we're eating outside of this Caribbean restaurant. Um, I had to put the name down here in the, um, the key, the notes, but it was absolutely amazing food. Ate there like three times during the conference. Um, all of a sudden, I hear glass shatter behind me, and it's this guy who's taking who's taking a picture from the restaurant next to us and threw it on the ground and busted it. And um, I looked back, and I was like, oh, man, what's going on? And so I thought he dropped it, but then he picked up another piece and slammed it on the ground. So now this is in the middle of a lot of different people who are sitting around uh, eating food and just kind of chilling out, you know, at restaurants. And this guy, it's... It's some things going on mentally with him. Clearly, something's not right. Um, and so he's walking up and down. He's cursing. He's looking at folks. He's saying this. He's saying, call the cops, whatever. They can kill me, whatever. All this all this type of stuff. All this type of stuff. And, um, and so I'm watching him, uh, obviously. But everyone did a good job around it, too, because no one was, like, freaking out. Everyone was kind of being like, okay, I'm going to let him kind of like vent out what he needs and just kind of let him go and just like not try to make eye contact because he's in a heightened state. Um, so I'm, I'm watching him though, just from a distance, making sure, you know, he doesn't like, you know, infringe on anybody and anything like that or hurt anybody who like is with us in our group or anything. And, um, I look at my watch and when I look at my watch, he thinks that I'm like, I'm calling the cops. He looks back. And he says, oh, you're going to call the cops and starts walking towards me. And then he came closer to me and I looked at him and he said, oh, so you're going to call the cops. And I turned around and I had my arms out and I looked at him and I was like, there's no phone here. I'm not calling the cops, you know. And so then he started talking all this stuff and then he leaned forward even closer, which, um, made a lot of things happen within side of me um that was uh pretty intense i would say because um there was three different things going on inside of my inside of my body not even my mind my body uh one thing was that i wanted to um um nice words i wanted to um beat him up take care of him um Two, I didn't want anything to happen. I didn't want to engage in any of that. I don't, I don't even want to like start anything. That's not even cool. Um, and then three, I was trying to understand and be understanding in that situation because in order for him to get there, he had to, it had to be a lot going on because he wasn't sagging his pants. His pants were basically around his ankle. He just had on boxers and he's yelling and he's cursing and he's not like fully cognizant of what's going on. He leans over towards me and like now he's approaching my my personal space. You're encroaching on my personal space in a hostile manner. And where I grew up at and where I'm from, that just that's not a that's not a sign for anything positive that is to happen. And so eventually um, he was talking. I said, I hear you. And he looked back. He said, what you say? And I said, I hear you. You know, and so he looked back and then he kept going. He kept walking on and cursing and knocking down signs and all these kind of different things. And what was super interesting, um, I don't even know, that's not even the right word for it. What was super moving and impactful to me is when 
it's a so the, the it's called the Enneagram Prison Project. Enneagram Prison Project. They're using the Enneagram inside of prisons to actually help them. It's absolutely amazing to help inmates um, to actually rehabilitate people and not just try to lock them up in cages and never give them the tools they need to like help grow men heal. Um, they're doing some amazing work. Um, the Enneagram Prison Project. You should check it out. Um, but one of the guys who works with the Enneagram Prison Project, um, he has like gauges in his ears. He has tattoos everywhere. Uh, he's a like a heavier set guy, like pretty sturdy, stocky guy. I mean, you wouldn't mess with him if you saw him on the streets. Uh, he came up to me and um, like after the whole situation, the guy was gone and he gave me a sticker that was a heart. It was a gold heart. And it said love. And he said, man, any day of the year that, you know, that could be us. You know, and I looked at him, I said, you're right. He said, on a bad day, on a bad life trip, that could be us. And I said, you're right, man. He said, you handled it well. Um, you did a, you know, you did a good job handling that situation. And that was like very impactful, uh, for me. That, that kind of, that, that kind of messed me up inside, internally. Um, and then one of the good friends, um, who was there, she came and gave me a hug. Uh, which I didn't want because I'm doing my best to not <laughs> deal with those emotions right then and there. But um, I understood and I respected it and I appreciated it um, because part of me was like, if I show emotion because of the way I grew up and the culture I grew up in, that means that I'm showing weakness. And I've come to a point that I understand uh, mentally that that is not true. And now I'm getting closer to understanding experientially within my body um that that's also like not true to show emotions doesn't mean weakness and um so that took that took a toll on me because that was a lot of energy i had not felt um that charge of um, adrenaline of energy of aggression within me in a long time and i did not like it it was because uh, it, it it brought me back to a really um um tough and dark place uh in my life where i've been and to replay that was uh it was th that's like that was traumatic um and i have to say it's traumatic it, it was easy not to say it sometimes but that was traumatic and i needed to process that for sure and so after that whole situation i went to the next um course the next place or whatever uh the next class and in that class, it had nothing to do with the whole situation that happened before. It was more business than the Enneagram. And there was this point where my mind zoned out and I became um, emotional. And by emotional, I mean, like, um, I had to process it and not in the way that I guess I was used to processing as a seven, as in like, um, what a seven with an eight wing growing up uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, growing up in a in a hood. It's like I, I can't process this anymore by being more angry and uh, attacking the problem or talking about this guy or, you know, going to work out excessively. It's like, no, you need to let out some of that. Some of that release of energy of that pent up energy is coming out in tears. And um, now I don't like when I cry, I don't like cry a lot it's more like one or two tears i was like whoo that was good that was a good emotional thing and so it was like one or two tears coming i was like oh man this is happening right now right here around all these people that i don't know that well great um but then at the same time i realized i said this is growth this is not weakness this is growth 
you're 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 actually processing the situation in a way that's going to help you to move forward in a positive way and not a negative way. So that was very powerful for me. Um, and that is still with me now. Like I have um, exhibited tears quite a bit. Um, the next morning I did some meditation and some of the the the, the in and down breathing that um Helen talked about, and I'm just be very honest, like I, I cried some tears. It's just a lot going on. It would even just about that situation. It was just about a lot of things in my own life, um, that I haven't been dealing with on, to be truly honest, things I haven't truly dealt with, I guess, since my sevenness and, you know, the culture of dealing with like painful emotions and suffering, just stuff I hadn't dealt with. And, and at that moment, it was like kind of coming up. And so it was really good. Like I felt really good today. Uh, well, technically yesterday, um, letting that out and being able to do that. And so, and being okay with myself being able to be like emotional, like it's okay. You know? So I, I'm coming to a point finally where I'm getting closer to that. Um, I also met the guy who, um, sleeping at last, who made all of those songs, man, that guy is amazing. Um, he played the different songs, uh, the different numbers and stuff. And I'm telling you, uh, the waterworks were just working. And I was like, you know what? Don't even fight it. Just let it go. Let them tears roll. Um, and so I just let them roll. Um, had a really good time, met like a lot of good contemporaries, um, and a lot of legends that I respect profoundly. Um, I met, um, Abby who does conscious Enneagram and she's doing amazing work with the Enneagram. Um, I met Joe Hubbard who's doing the arts of growth, formerly the Enneagram panel podcast, which is doing an amazing job. And what was super cool too, um, as a person of color, POC, Pac, um, there was like a limited number of us. And Joel asked us for his podcast to speak on some of the um, issues that we are working with or working through um, that the Enneagram community has and the lack of voice that um, people of color have. So that episode is going to come when Joel drops it, but that's the art of growth podcast by Joe Hubbard. Um, it's going to be really good. It goes really, really deep. Um, and there's people like really kind of putting their heart out there on some of the things that like we see, we feel, uh, we carry and, uh, that may not be readily seen or even talked about when it's not with a group of people of color. So like hearing that is probably going to be super amazing. Um, and really beneficial and helpful for everyone who listens. Um, besides that, uh, I mean, it was, it was just really, really amazing. I met some really good people that I am going to forget to name in here and I, and I can't remember the name of them, but they know that I love them. Um, and super glad that I met them. Um, but just taking away from here, um, for you as the listener, uh, just remembering that the Enneagram is more than in your head. It's got to be in your body and in your heart. Uh, not just intellectualize it, not just meme it, um, but a deep tool of growth to really free you from the ego that's been holding you hostage for a long time. And so I think that's just super du- super duper big. And I just wanted to share that. Um, I'll get the episode, Enneagram One episode out to you all. Uh, either this week or it'll be next Monday. Haven't decided yet. It's, I've got a lot. I'm unpacking a lot within myself and I'm also, um, just planning and building a whole lot of different, uh, Enneagram things that I'm doing. And so I'm also trying to just make sure I can tackle all of that, um, 
efficiently, effectively, um, and still making sure that I take care of myself, uh, which is, you know, obviously super important or I won't be able to do the things and be effective as I need to be. Um, so, you know, I guess the, the last thing, because it's a lot I really want to say to you all, but obviously I'm not going to give you like a super duper long hour conversation. Um, unless like, I guess we talked offline, uh, but it's just some things that really move me. Um, and I want to be able to do that through this podcast with you. And I also want to like create the different events and even promote the other people who may be near you with the Enneagram. Um, they're doing wonderful and powerful events that you can go to because uh, I am truly passionate about helping um, you all transform your life and your community uh, because it's, it's powerful to me. Like it's so powerful for me to be uh, as a seven all up in my feelings and crying and coming to a point where I'm okay with it uh, in public and stuff. So it, it's a lot, um, but I'm super thankful and I'm super thankful too for all the people who uh, cut a rug um, at the dance party that they had uh, last night. Uh, it's a very interesting dance party, an Enneagram dance party. Yes, an Enneagram dance party. By that, it's basically Enneagram people, you know, a whole bunch of different people. And if you know the uh, makeup of most of the Enneagram, it is usually older white people. And then we had a few young people of color and marginalized communities in there too um and so it was a very interesting dance floor it was super cool uh for everyone to be there though and uh, i'm just super thankful uh for the enneagram what it has done for me um and for the people i've met i think one of the most powerful things too i'm just gonna wrap it up real quick sorry was claudia narajo um, he is the one who is really responsible for the reason why you hear me now and understand and know the Enneagram. Uh, he made it relevant and shared it to the point where it spread like wildfire, especially, um, especially in North America. And then he just did it in a lot of different places around the world. Um, so he, he died a little bit before the conference. If you saw my Instagram post, um, he is like, I mean, you talk about a person who has transformed their lives. Um, through the Enneagram and through different work. It, I mean, this man is like phenomenal. And so they played like interviews with him, the last interviews that he kind of did with the different types um, and just different parts of the Enneagram. It's absolutely amazing to do it and to see um, even through like at the very end where he was like his hands were shaking like uncontrollably, um, him still being able to give everything uh, to the community of like, people who study and work in the Enneagram is very powerful. And a little piece of him, like he said at the end of his last interview, uh, is a part of the teaching, which is part of everyone, um, which is absolutely amazing. And so what I'm talking about here is transformation because he believes that he said he believes the purpose, I'm going to phrase this wrong, uh, may of life may be to metamorphosize, may be to, um, transform, may be to be, um, um, redeem. That's the word that I'm saying because it's, he believes it's the process of dying to yourself and then, um, coming back and living. So I think a part of that is dying to your ego and then becoming a newer person, especially within the Enneagram and understanding that you don't have to be what that ego structure tells you to be and to do. And there, there's a freedom. There's such a, a, a large amount, um, of peace. Um, and contentment and freedom that comes from being able 
to make the choice and not being compelled or controlled to make the choice. So I'm just going to end it there because if I don't, I may go on for another 40 minutes. Um, but I just wanted to tell you that the conference was absolute. The conference was absolutely amazing. I met absolutely amazing people. Um, I hope a lot of them are listening because I know they they heard I did a podcast and was like, "What? He does a podcast? Do it for the ground." So I hope you're listening. Um, and I thank you. I'm honored. Uh, I'm blessed to know you. All the experiences we had in just these few little days, I am so thankful to all the teachers who taught us. Uh, I'm super thankful there wasn't. <laughs> As a seven, it was too many choices. Uh, I wanted to go to everything, but obviously you can't. But uh, I'm just super thankful and blessed. And I'm super thankful and blessed for every single listener uh, who's hearing this. Um, because, it, you know, for you to take time out of your day to listen to um, me, this podcast, and me try to, you know, help people and love people and transform um, while I'm doing the transforming as well is... Um, I'm just, I'm just really grateful for it. Um, yeah, I'm just really thankful for it. Um, <laughs> oh man, I'm growing. Okay. Uh, may have dropped a tear or two there, but all right. So, um, just wrapping it up. Um, I am on Patreon as well. If you want to help support me at patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. Um, I still have a goal of, um, two different goals on there. $30, a $30 goal. Um, which we're about $23. So we're like $7 short of that goal of, um, getting to pay for the sponsor, not the sponsoring, but the, um, the, the, basically the podcasting fee to get to all the platforms and then also the other fees. So I can, it's a hundred dollar goal so that, um, I can actually pay an editor to do a lot of the work. So I don't have to do not only record it, but then take time editing it and then posting it and publishing it in all the different steps. Because for Enneagram, it's not free to post, to make and produce consistent podcasts. But, you know, for listeners, it is free. So the support would be absolutely great um, if possible. But still, um, if you're not able to do that or if you don't want to do it uh, and you're still listening, thank you so much for listening so much. Um, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm rambling now um, and I'm, I'm 70 and I'm very tired because I just got off a plane from like eight hours of travel and I'm going to get some sleep. So you're going to hear this episode in the morning. Thank you so much. Remember, you can always reach me on Instagram at Do It For The Grand Podcast. You can contact me for coaching if you want coaching at kaizencareers.com or Milton at KaiserCareers.com. You can also reach me at 901-334-1644. Thank you so much for everything. Um, you have a wonderful day. Uh, and I love you. Bye.